Most coaches want to develop strong young women, but not all of them actually know how to build those people skills into their training plans. Today's guest does so with everything from challenge drills to leadership council to softball school. You're definitely going to want to take some of these great ideas into your practice plans right away. So without further ado, let's get going. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. Got an awesome guest coming up. She may be young, but guys, she's fire. I am so excited. She's, uh, I know she's going to bring it. So let's just jump right in. Please welcome Coach Jenny Roan. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be a guest today and talk to you guys about uh, mental game. Me too. I'm I'm pumped because my alma mater, like this is the first time, like it's been a long time since I played there. And uh, but it was cool to come and watch um, back in, I think it was October when it, when you had the alumni day. So it was super cool. And I'm just excited to see what you're going to do with the program. And I can already sense and obviously having a couple former players in the, in the program. And I think it's just going to be awesome to watch what you can do. But first, we wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of like your journey as a player and how you got to Western. Yeah, yeah, Alicia, we're we're so glad to have you as an alumni. Um, super awesome to meet you this fall, and obviously, I've competed against you in high school and coming up through the ranks in Michigan. But um, yeah, a little bit about me. So I started off uh, Michigan kid, east side of Michigan. Went to um, two different high schools. Actually, transferred mid uh, sophomore junior year to be on a better softball team and eventually made my way through high school, playing a ton of sports and uh, recruiting process was a little different. Honestly, I met um, my hitting coach, Tiffany Worthy Deering, and she was like, Hey, you have potential to play. And so I got on a better team and, you know, started getting recruited to a couple schools and obviously found Western as my home and, and super, you know, thankful to have the opportunity to play division one softball at Western and go through that journey and play against the best of the best. And, you know, we had our ups and downs freshman year, we came in third in the Mac and then sophomore junior, not so hot. And then senior year, we worked all the way back to the championship. Um, And so, you know, throughout my journey as a player, um, it really kind of made me want to to get into college coaching and so you know I one day after I graduated uh, my senior year I was sitting on the couch with my mom and she's like hey you know there's a volunteer assistant position at Harvard Um, and I'm like she's like you should apply and I'm like I'm not gonna go be someone's volunteer like I'm going to make money I'm just you know I'm, I'm just graduated you know D1 athlete and so I applied and then 10 days later I was moving to Boston and you know Harvard has such a special place in my heart. You know, Jenny Allard was, I actually just inducted the Hall of Fame last week um, in the NFCA Hall of Fame. So she's a legend, but her, my experience there as a volunteer just solidified my decision to want to stay in college coaching and eventually be a D1 head coach. And obviously the rest is history. So here we are. Awesome. So tell us now, so first year with this program, your alma mater, what are the first things you think of going in when it comes to building 
your culture, your program, like formulating around your vision? Yeah, uh, great question. So, you know, one thing that I learned from my experiences at Harvard is it truly has to come from the girls, the passion and the vision, and it has to come from the student athletes. Um, So, you know, that was part of my interview process. Our AD, Dan, who's phenomenal, by the way, um, he's like, you know, what's going to be your vision? What's going to be, you know, your motto? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't really have one just yet. I know like I want to win championships and I want to be at the Mac, the top of the Mac every single year, but I want the girls to figure out what their vision is for the program and what they want. Cause ultimately, you know, when it comes down to, it's not my program, right? It's the athletes programs, it's Western Michigan. It's, it's that tradition that honor there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we came in, we had a ton of, first of all, the, the focus was on the girls, the student athletes, um, the current student athletes and, really building relationships with them individually and um, getting to know them as, as people first, athletes second, and then having a ton of team meetings and goal meetings to figure out what our motto was going to be. And they eventually came up with the motto fight, um, which, you know, every letter stands for something else. And you'll see it throughout this spring and on social media, but super proud of what they came up with. And the motto kind of break it down for you. So the F is for her. So they're playing for the, the um, female next to them. Um, I is for intensity, stepping up that level of intensity. G is for F-I-G, G is for grit, um, you know, having that grit and determination. And then H is for heart, um, having the passion in your heart. And then T was for together. So playing together, being together as a group was something really important to this group. Um, And then, you know, building the culture, I think it just starts from that. And uh, recruiting is obviously a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, When I was hired in July, immediately went out, got two kids off the transfer portal, which have been such a blessing and and two other freshmen um, coming into us. So they've already this fall proven um, to make an impact and have an impact with the culture, but also the on-field stuff that we're trying to do. So it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting what's happening here in Kalamazoo. I love that. I love the acronyms because we do acronyms too. So I think that's awesome. But what do you do when, because you said it was very important that, you know, the girls come up with that. And what do you do when the kids are, or the girls may not hold themselves accountable to those things? How do you do that? Do you hold them accountable? Do you have the players hold each other accountable? What happens when they aren't fighting for the person next to them? Good question, right? That that would be if I had the key to that, like we would all be rich, right? <laughs> but um, no, I think we we have uh, some committees on our team, so we don't have captains. We have a leadership council on our team, so that's a group of students, um, one from each grade or a couple from each grade that are you know leaders, leaders by example, but also by words and. Those kind, those that group kind of bridges the gap between the coaches and the the rest of the team, and figuring out, you know, are we meeting the standards of what we set for ourselves? And, um, you know, if people aren't playing for the person next to them, them kind of trying to handle that themselves with the leadership council and the team calling meetings. And I'm super proud of them for, you know, how they the leadership council hosted team dinners and tried to build that culture on their own without the coaches, which is really cool. And then obviously when things, um, you know, when things go down the road of, Hey, we're not going in the right direction, bringing that to the coaches and having that discussion and that dialogue. But I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is visibility with the, the motto. So every email that I send to them, it has our goals at the bottom that they came up with every, 
social media posts. I try to put in the fight. You know, I think, you know, we're getting them wristbands. They have shirts that say fight on it. In the locker room, there's a big poster that says fight. So, you know, having that visibility of like, yes, reminder every single day we're trying to do this and this is the goal and staying focused on that. So good. Yeah, we're like, oh, we do that. Yes, yes. It's all ring a bell and I love it. Uh, so what are some things so far this fall that you have implemented into practices and what you've worked with them on? Because it falls fast. <laughs> you, you get slightly more time than we get at D3 and it's still <laughs> way fast and not enough. Um, what were some examples of maybe something you brought into a drill or a point you made at practice after maybe things went wrong or some examples of how you're bringing out this fight? Yeah, I think, uh, good question. Um, so we did a lot this fall, almost to the point where I think I burned the staff out a little bit, <laughs> um, but it definitely was necessary. And obviously we have this time to rest now in December, um, getting ready for the spring, but yeah, so throughout the fall, I mean, my key focus was to get them as much live as they could see. So live at bats um, and playing against opponents. So we went up, we played Oakland, we played Michigan State, we played KVCC and Aquinas. I wanted to make sure to get a full fall schedule to give them as much opportunity to show me and the coaches what they got. Um, and so we did that. I mean, our practices were very fast. I think that's one thing that we noticed um, we needed to work on as a team is we needed to be faster just in transition overall throughout the drills, hustling everywhere, picking up balls as fast as you can, just just moving it faster in general. So we did a lot of transition work. We did a lot of um, time clock. So you put a stopwatch on any sort of drill, these kids are going to move. Um, so what one day that clearly sticks out in my head is we did uh, offensive or defensive situations and I was standing up in the press box and I had a stopwatch and every time we hit the ball to the infield at 2.8 seconds, I was yelling out, she's safe, she's safe. And if we were fielding the ball quicker than the 2.8 seconds, that's great. But we're trying to get out the fast, the fast runner um, every single time. Um, and then, you know, we put in challenge practices a lot, a lot of competitions. Um, in order to earn, they earned a couple things this fall, a crew net's crew neck sweatshirt it's always gear the student athletes love the gear you know they earned a sweatshirt they earned a long sleeve shirt that said fight on it but um we would put in layered practices so you know the first the first drill they're doing is something with throwing and then the next drill is something with defense and then the next drill is like situational work so you're putting in throwing defense and situations and so they kind of layered but it also was a competition. So everyone had to figure out how to work together to finish the drill. So um, we did a lot of that kind of competition. We also tracked everything. I'm huge on data. So we tracked every single live at bat. We tracked every single you know error, every positive golden glove thing, um, pitchers. That was huge for them as well. Um, but yeah, we just put in a lot of new things that they maybe weren't ready for, but it was cool to see how they reacted. I have this saying one time I was really frustrated with my team um, because it's the little things that matter to me. And I was so frustrated. So before I got to practice really early that day and I wrote just on the whiteboard in the locker room, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so like that kind of came up in my mind, that phrase, when you were talking about how even hustling to balls, right? Like timing everything, putting time and pressure. So 
even those little things, right, are so important. The attention to detail, the the fact that you're putting in the effort to do those little things. How do you make sure that that focus isn't lost when you are going like this all the time? That's a great question. I think, you know, I'm lucky enough to have four coaches on staff. So we have a lot of eyes um, on them at one time. So we have the ability to stop the drill and, and really tell them, hey, like, you know, this is what you should be doing. Um, and I think it's important to take that time when we're not doing the little things correctly, really stopping something that stood out to me that we do kind of naturally. And I think I started this at the beginning, but when something goes wrong or something happens, we come together as a group. So you see like in volleyball, for example, when the volleyball team messes up on court, they come together in a circle, they talk about it and then they split. And it's a split second thing. But, you know, throughout practices, we try to instill that in our team. So if situationally we're moving fast and something's not going right, we, you know, would lean on the leadership council or the catcher or whoever it is to bring the group into the circle around the mound. We circle up, figure it out, and then we spread out. And um, it was interesting at the end of the semester, we had a new strength coach come in and he was like, you know, did a mental training kind of drill to see if they could, you know, physically and mentally complete a drill. And he said, I, coach, I've done this drill every single year with different teams. And this is the first team that has actually come together when they're messing up rather than getting mad at each other and calling people out. So that was like a little tidbit of, hey, we're doing something right. So I think that's a big thing is like keeping them together and on the same page and really focusing on the little things. So we give them buddies as well. So they had a buddy throughout the semester. And so like an older kid would be paired up with a younger kid and that was their buddy for the semester. And they looked out for them. They made sure they were on time to things. They made sure they were doing the right thing. If they see that they're, you know, their transfer isn't fast enough or they're not moving their feet on pre-pitch, like they called them out for it. And that was just a, a level of expectation that that's what we do. That's so good. I love that you're like showing them how, like, Hey, here's, here's the, the map. This is how you go there and then you can do it. Go take it, go on that trip, figure it out. But I think a lot of times we hear every coach wants them to hold each other accountable. I hear that all the time. Um, very few realize that they don't know how. <laughs> yeah. It freaks them out. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure it freaked all of us out at that time too. Like I didn't want to be a captain because I was like, I don't want to tell that girl over there what she's doing wrong. Because uh, that's all you think about when you hear calling out is like the in your face, like do it better. Yeah, It's not just that. There are times for that. <laughs> but I love that you gave them that structure of like, this is what we do. Here's an example. Now go do it. What other things are you trying to implement with them? You said you've done a lot uh, that you can see are starting to get them into that culture and really living it. Yeah, so something that um, my assistant coaches actually brought up to me that we made a priority throughout the fall was softball school. Um, so every Tuesday uh, we had softball school. We met up um, in a team room um, in the Sealy Center and we took at least 30 to 45 minutes to sit down and talk about whatever we needed to talk about. So when we were in our fall ball season, we were reviewing film, we were doing web gems to show them how good they are at softball. And we were going over maybe defensive miscues or 
you know, different things of how, you know, when we walk or we get hit by a pitch, we put the bat down on the plate and we sprint to first. Like that's something we do and showing them that's how it should be done. Um, so I think that also has really helped the culture. And then we do a lot of mental training throughout softball school. So, you know, sitting down and teaching them how to visualize and, you know, going through count management, what you should be thinking in different counts and really just the nitty gritty details of softball that maybe aren't taught throughout high school or travel ball um, or just missed. You don't have enough time, like you said. So and then, you know, fun things we like to we did like a pumpkin painting contest and we did a, you know, bridal shower for our other assistant coach Morgan. So throwing that stuff in just to remind them that hey, you know, it's, it's a family, it's, it's still a human thing that we're doing, and it should be fun. And I think sometimes a lot, like, I love the mental training, like, sometimes you do have to take some time away from the field to do some of the mental training, but I'm a firm believer that everything that you were doing in practice is also mental training, right? When you put them under time and pressure, right, and you're having them learn how to come together, right? Like, that's the same thing we do in Mad One. Like, I tell them, you have the ability to call a timeout and come together at any time, so we actually have them practice that. We yeah. put them under the time and pressure and that we give them that space to be able to do that. And that is that is men mental training too. It's it's how you reset. It's how you take a breath. It's how you support each other. It's how you really implement the culture right into everything that you're doing, right? So what are some of the things that you've seen improve maybe by doing all of this uh, over the course of the fall, right? And as we know, it's a process and it's not instant, but what are some of the things that you've noticed that have improved just from working through all of this stuff in the fall? Yeah, I would say number one is confidence. Um, I think back to like our first two weeks on the job and first two weeks of practice. I mean, I was getting so frustrated with the body language and just like the slumped shoulders and your head down and, you know, just having this sluggish way and, and not confidence about you. And we literally took a practice to, to practice body language and what it looks like to power pose and be confident and be a strong, independent woman. And, you know, we went through a partner exercise where they stood across from each other. One person was the coach one person was the actor and they had to imitate a CEO of a company and they had to imitate a lawyer and they had to imitate like an Olympian and, and stuff like that, where they kind of started to get it. I mean, we practiced as a team, what it would be like to win a Mac championship and how they're going to, you know, swarm the field and how they're going to act after they win that. Like we practice that stuff just because that builds confidence, right? In your mind, if you've done it before, if you create and you have those experiences in your head, then you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. And so, you know, even I think back to our first games in the fall, we at, we took them all the way out from practice, all the way out to the parking lot. We're like, okay, how are you going to walk in? They walked in as a group. They set their stuff up. It was all organized. You know, we're we're pretty, you know, organized here at Western and it's, they, 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 but they have a voice in it as well. It's like, okay, do you guys like this? Do you want to stand here for the national anthem? Do you guys want to hold up a W for the national anthem? Do you not want to like, tell me what you think. And that, that comes from them as well. But um, yeah, I think it just, in overall, you see like, I mean, softball wise, they did much better. We went like seven and one this fall. Um, we hit like, 338 as a team um which is pretty good in my mind and our pitchers I think 
two of our pitchers were like in the zeros for ERAs. And I mean, we only played eight games and so one was a 10 inning game. So, but I mean, it just directly correlates to what they're doing on the field. So, and it, that makes it fun, you know? Absolutely. Like don't, I want to tell you, you don't want to win. Cause that's way fun. Yeah. It is fun. <laughs> uh, tell me now looking forward, what are your, plans, ideas, what do you want to prepare for going into season? What are some things, a lot of coaches right now have this little mini break (laughs) uh, where they're now prepping for the upcoming season. What are some things that you're looking forward to and planning for? Yeah. I mean, I just sat down and calculated all the RPIs for our season and, you know, who we're playing against and already researching, you know, who we're going up against. But I think my biggest focus is to stay focused on Western Michigan softball and what we're doing as a group and how we're progressing forward. So I think obviously uh, one of my big uh, tactics for the off season or December, January is designing practices that are challenging, but also um, building confidence. I think we made a lot of strides this fall with confidence and playing together as a group. And I think now we have to kind of differentiate, okay, who are, who are our starters? Who are we going to lean on throughout the season and who are going to be our key clutch players and who are going to be maybe role players that, you know, could earn a starting job and push those starters to the next level. So I think it's just kind of roster management and, you know, looking at who we're playing against, I know we're going to, we're, we're up for a tough spring break. I mean, we're going to play Alabama. We're playing North Alabama. We're playing Jacksonville state. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm, I love uh, putting teams in situations where it's like, Hey, we may be the underdogs, but anyone can win any game at any time. So I always expect to win every single game uh, that I play. And I expect that the team has that, that mentality as well. Um, but I think it's main is, you know, getting the girls in the right mindset to be ready to step on the field February 9th and win a ball game. Um, and the, the practices, designing those competitive practices that, you know, are going to build confidence and give them those experiences to fall back on so that when they are in the bottom of the seventh with the bases loaded and the game tied, they come through with a single, you know. I love the celebration thing that you that you talked about because it reminded me back in 2011 when we had spring break and I had just my pitcher and catcher. Everyone else was on spring break, and I, and this was the opportunity to to win a state championship that year. And I I, I told it, Lauren and Lauren, and I said we're going to practice celebrating this thing. So I I said my catcher who's very strong at the time, I said we're gonna we're gonna practice this, but I'm gonna jump like into you like. And you're going to like hold, like, so let's practice this. And we did. And it was kind of silly, but we, we, we did it after we won the state championship game. And I have a picture. Let's go. Like I literally wrapped my arms and legs around her and we're like, and it was, it was kind of funny because I just had one of my former players, uh, weddings that we went to and she sat next to me and we talked about that moment. So I think it's cool that you practice that because I think you're right. No. Awareness is key, right? When you're aware of body language, then you can change it because that's the choice, right? We always, we're empowered to have these choices. I love the empowerment piece. I think that that's great because when you're aware, then you have a choice on what you're going to do. So moving forward, like, like Mel said, into February, you're choosing to focus on Western and focus on the controllables and all the other stuff is just going to fall into place. I know it will for you. And I'm super excited to watch it because it's just, I, 
I've been waiting for this moment for this program to just to be able to do this. And and like we talked about before, my former catcher plays for you. And she gave you a great compliment and me too, that you're like me on steroids. So, (laughs) but I think just talking to you and hearing about all the things that you're putting into these girls, you're empowering them, you're, you're allowing them to make the choice, but you're also showing them what it means to be confident young women. And that will totally, I can, I know that's going to play out on the field and it may not even happen this year, right? It's all a process. And I think that that's the the struggle sometimes as coaches is that, at least for me, I know that sometimes I lose sight of that, even when you're in the weeds, because you know, you trust it, you know, it's there. So what do you think you can do as a coach when you are in the weeds? And maybe you lose sight of that for a minute or two, because I I think we are so competitive, we want to win. What do you think you can do in order to help just kind of gear yourself to getting back to the process? Yeah, I think, um, the biggest thing is to have a circle of people around you that you trust and you can lean on. I think when it gets tough and you're in the weeds, it's like you go back to the basics, right? Who are your mentors? Who do you trust and and know that can give you good advice? Obviously, one of my mentors is Jenny Allard, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, we got Lacey Wood, who now we're competing. She's at Ball State, um, but still leaning on her. And then my staff is has been phenomenal coming together this fall and just really putting everything into the athletes here and the development of the program. Um, I couldn't ask for a better uh, group of women around me. So I think that when it gets tough, you got to lean on the people around you, but also, you know, just control the controllables. Like you said, it's like, Hey, what is the goal here? Right. And it's, we're in the business of developing athletes and growing, growing kids up, you know, and, and growing them up into, strong, independent, confident women that are going to go into this world and make a difference and have their voice heard and advocate for themselves. So with that being the overall goal, I think reminding, reminding ourselves that that is the goal and, um, you know, winning and losing is, you know, second to that, even though I'm, I'm trying to win every single game, but when we're in the weeds, it's, it's about the girls and their experience as student athletes and, you know, what they're going to remember when they move on and they're, they become an alumni like you. And are you going to come back and support the program or, you know, are you going to have a bad taste in your mouth, but you're never going to remember, you're going to remember some wins and losses here and there, but you're going to remember the experiences of, you know, how people made you feel, how the coaches made you feel and that kind of stuff. So. And that is a wrap on today's episode. If you would like to get started with all this stuff and have no idea where to start, we've got you covered. We have brought back and updated, upgraded our mental toughness assessment. So this is a quick way for you to take a look at where your team stands now, where you want them to go, and what to do first. Because that is one of the biggest things we've come against ourselves and what we see other coaches say all the time is, okay, what do I start with? I know all these things are important, but which one first? So with a lot of ideas spinning through your head after this episode, this will help you narrow in and focus on what's most important and what will be most effective. So if you want that, just head to mentalsweetspot.com slash assessment. Of course, I made a tricky word for the link. It's A-S-S-E-S-S-M-E-N-T. Mentalsweetspot.com slash assessment, and you can get that. All right, have a good one.